Good morning, church. Uh, this has certainly been yet another strange week of moving into sheltering in place and trying to sort through what all that looks like, this whole idea of social distancing. But this morning, we remember that God is a God who is not distant. He's a God who loves us, a God who restores us, a God who redeems us. And so we gather to worship. Um, we are gathering as a family, and we're going to sing some songs. I'm grateful to have Morgan and Shannon and Micah helping out in all of this as we put this production together at our house and just pray um, that you'll be blessed by that. So um, we're going to start with prayer, so please pray with me. God, thanks for this day. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that in the midst of um, uncertainty and um, the area of the unknown that you are with us. So as we sing, as we pray, as we hear your word, Lord, would you comfort us, strengthen us, and encourage us. May we do your work, and Lord, may we continue to seek ways that we can love one another, that we can be the body of Christ. We ask and pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you this morning, and I'm just excited to sing and lead worship alongside you all um, in your homes and wherever you may be this morning. We are going to start with All Creatures of Our God and King, and then move on to Come Thou Fount.
Good morning, church family. We're so happy to welcome you into our home this morning. We love you and we miss you, and we look forward to a time when we will be together again soon. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you so much for this beautiful day. God, the sun is shining, and we are so thankful that you are present with us. Father, we just lift up our, our world to you. Uh, Lord, we just welcome your Holy Spirit to anoint our world. Lord, we pray that your presence would go across our world and um, bring healing, bring relief. Lord, uh, so many are suffering. God, I know that you cry out uh, towards those people. Lord, I know that you are present with all of us, and we thank you for that. Father, we lift up uh, the countries that are suffering heavily right now. Lord, uh, the ones that are experiencing great loss, we pray that you would comfort and be present. God, we pray for our own country. Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would, would flow through our country, that this would be a time that binds us together, Lord, that we would come before you and that we would all seek your face, Lord, even those that have never acknowledged your presence, God, we ask that this would be a time that they would turn towards you, Lord, that they would um, just seek something different in their lives, Lord, that they would realize that they are missing something and that they would realize that what they are missing is you. Father, we pray uh, that this will not only bring us all closer to you, Lord, but bring us closer to one another. God, we pray for um, uh, California, Lord. We pray that you would um, just uh, anoint our state, Lord. We pray for San Diego, that you would anoint our city, Lord. We pray that your healing power would uh, be present with us and that um, we would all feel you personally touching our lives. Lord, we pray for those that are sick. We pray healing for them. We pray for um, a cure, Lord. We pray for medicine. We just ask that you would speak to the doctors and those that are trying to find a cure, that you would give them wisdom. We pray for our government, that they would have wisdom to know what to do. Lord, that you would just calm people's hearts, that they would know that in you they find their hope and in you they can trust. Um, Lord, we pray that you would be with our church, that uh, your presence would be felt amongst our people for everyone that's listening right now. God, I just pray a special blessing on them. I pray a special blessing on everyone in our church that you would just um, surround their homes, surround their families, surround their loved ones with your power, Lord, that we would all each and every day uh, look to you and your strength and enjoy our time with our families. Lord, we pray for peace in every home. Uh, we pray that your grace and your mercy would abound. Um, Father, we trust you. We love you. Uh, we rely on you in this and in all things. We pray for those that are experiencing financial hardship, for those that are homeless, Lord. Um, if there's a way that we can help, we pray that you would present us with that, uh, that uh, each and every day we would seek to find some way to serve, to reach out, and to bless those around us. Um, even though we can't go out, 
like we're used to, Lord, we, we pray that you would help us figure out some way to reach out. Um, Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for, um, for our church. We thank you for all that you have done in the many, many years of its existence. And we thank you for all that you're going to do. We just pray your anointing on Paul as he preaches, Lord, uh, that your presence would be with him and that you would give him a word for our church and for our community. We love you, Jesus, and we offer these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Next, we're going to be singing in Christ alone.
great to have a wonderful family that helps lead worship and praise and videos uh, the service that we are bringing to you today. Uh, we, of course, have no idea what next Sunday will look like. We know that we will gather in some way, shape, or form, that we will continue the worship of God who gives us life and hope. And um, that's the one thing we do know. What sort of form it will take, uh, we will continue to work through that. But we're delighted that you're watching with us. And I have to admit this week, I wondered to myself, should I just create a brand new sermon series? Uh, instead of doing questions that Jesus asked, uh, should I go in some different direction and talk about lament or uncertainty or different things that certainly are appropriate this time? But ultimately, I realized we needed to stick with what God had given to me many months ago. So we're going to continue with this idea of looking at the questions that Jesus asked. And the question that we're going to focus on this morning is the question of, do you still not understand? We're going to be looking in the Gospel of Mark. And what I'm going to do is basically work through most of Mark chapter 8 and break that into different sections. So we're going to start this morning with the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to look at chapter 8. And I want to read the first 14 verses. During these days, and their large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They had already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way, because some, because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have, Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well, and he gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. After he had sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples. They went on to the region of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got into the boat, and crossed to the other side. So once again, we find Jesus in a remote place. Uh, this has happened earlier in the feeding of the 5,000. And this time, as we read, there are 4,000 people there, and they are hungry. They've been traveling with him, walking with him, listening to him. And Jesus looks at the crowd and has compassion on them. Out in this barren place, God will provide. And this, I think, is an important lesson for us even today. That even as we feel as though perhaps... We are remote, that we are cut off, that we are practicing social distancing. The promise of God is that he will provide. This, this scripture reminds us even of the Exodus as the people are making their way to the promised land. And they begin to grumble against Moses and, and ask, what are we going to eat? How are we going to make it? And God provides. In the same sort of way, Jesus provides. Enough bread to feed 4,000 people. But it's never enough for the religious leaders. For they are constantly after Jesus to give us a sign. And we have to wonder, what kind of sign does Jesus need to give them? 
He's fed 5,000 men plus women and children two chapters earlier in Mark chapter 6. He's just now fed 4,000 with food left over. And the question is, give us a sign. Show us something more. And Jesus says, there will be no signs. Because even if you had a great sign, you would never believe. Because the Pharisees and the religious leaders are so hard-hearted. Jesus knew that even the truly miraculous would have no impact on an everlasting faith. And so he has grown frustrated and irritated with the religious leaders. And what does he do? He gets in the boat again. Jesus spends a lot of time crossing the Sea of Galilee. And so we read about this now in Mark chapter 8, verse 14. We read, The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf, they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, Is it because, or it is because we have no bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? And listen to all these questions here. Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? Jesus gets in the boat. And he decides to go to the other side. So last Monday evening, our elders gathered and was actually the last gathering of, of folks on our campus, and they gave me a gift. And uh, I'm going to be like Mr. Rogers here and do a little show and tell. At the end of our meeting, they presented me with this boat. And the idea behind it was the elders saying, we know that Jesus is in the boat with us. And the elders said, and we are in the boat with you, Paul. Because as we talked about two weeks ago, or a week ago, we said Jesus will not leave us in the boat alone. That even as the storms come, Christ will not leave us alone. And so I brought this boat home, and it sits on our mantle right now to remind me that we are in this together. And the important thing is, is that we are in this together. We will make our way through this. But as Jesus and the disciples make their way across the water, and as they arrive, you have to feel for the disciples. Because the scripture tells us, it, it is ironic, that here they are, there's been all this food, all this, this bread provided by Jesus. And we are told, in verse 14, the disciples forgot to bring any bread. How does that happen? And then Jesus starts talking about yeast and leaven and the Pharisees and Herod. And, and the disciples are confused again by what is he talking about? Is he talking about bread? But what Jesus is talking about is he's cautioning them. Whenever yeast or leaven are used in the New Testament, they're always used in a negative way except for in one instance. And that's in the Gospel of Luke and Matthew where we hear the story of the woman who puts yeast into the bread. And that yeast does its work and, and creates the bread and creates something wonderful. It works its way into the dough to create the bread. 
But every other time in Scripture, when Jesus talks about the yeast, when he talks about the leaven, it's offered as, a, as that which is dangerous. That the disciples need to pay attention. And his warning to the disciples is this. If you're not careful, you're going to be just like the Pharisees. You may be close to me, but you do not fully understand what is happening. You don't fully understand who I am. And Jesus asked question after question after question, asking and ending with this point of, do you still not understand? And I thought about that question this week a lot. Because there is so much that I still don't understand. There's so much that I'm still trying to sort through as your pastor, as the head of staff of this church, as a father, as one trying to figure out how do we work through this together? What are we to make of this? It's about faith seeking understanding. And I want to thank you as a church. So many of you have sent encouraging emails. Some of you have sent songs and worship songs saying, Paul, you really need to listen to this. And I am extremely grateful for that. I mean, grateful for this. I'm grateful for this encouragement that you go out of your way to say, let's keep going. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that, not just with me, but with other folks in our congregation. Someone sent me the note the other night just saying, Paul, I really think you should look at this. And it was a great encouragement to this person. And as they ended their email, they said, Paul, we're praying for you. We know the church is in this. And we also want to help. And they said, we're sitting in a $5,000 check this week to help with the ongoing running of the church. And I know that not everybody can do that. And I know that some of us are in really a difficult spot financially. But I was so encouraged to get home that night and see that email and I'd be like, you know what, people, people do care. And people want to help. And if you are able to help us, um, we continue the mission that God has called us to do it. To do, We're doing it in all different sorts of ways and using Zoom and Google Hangouts and all sorts of social media to try and reach our people. But we want to keep doing ministry. And so if you can help us with that financially, that's great. You can go online at www.ljpress.org and give online. You can mail a check in to the church. We can use your help. But if you can't do that, just pray for us. Because we are trying to figure out, we are trying to understand what it is that we can be about during this time. But as I look at that question that Jesus asks, I love one word in it. And it is the word still. Do you still not understand? Jesus has been with these disciples for a while and, and, and But I love that he says, don't you understand? He says, do you still not understand? Because what that implies to me is that Jesus is saying, I'm going to keep teaching you. I'm going to keep walking with you. I'm going to keep sharing with you the hope that I have. I'm going to keep reminding you of who I truly am. That when Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, Jesus is saying, that's right. And I'm going to show you what that is all about and what that ultimately means. And so I get hope in that, that Jesus says, I'm with you. I'm with you in this difficult time. I'm with you even in the midst of you not fully understanding. 
the promise of his presence. If we keep reading the Gospel of Mark, there's an interesting miracle that happens right after the story that we've been reading about, right after this question is asked. So we read this in verse 22 of Matthew chapter 8. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people, they look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. This story just basically reenacts what it was that Jesus had been teaching. They go to Bethsaida, there's a crowd there, and Jesus then takes this blind man, and and what we need to understand in the Gospel of Mark and in the other Gospels, but particularly in Mark, that whenever there is a crowd around, the crowd gets in the way. If you think about Mark chapter 2 and the story of the paralytic, there's a crowd there. The, the friends are trying to get their, their, their buddy who's paralyzed to Jesus, and they can't get there because the crowd is in the way. So they have to go up to the roof. Well, likewise, again, there, there's a crowd, and the crowd is distracting, and Jesus does this incredible thing. He takes the man by the hand and leads him away from the crowd because he simply needs to be with the man alone to get him away from the crowd. And he begins to help open his eyes. And the interesting thing is, is, is he says, do you see anything? And, and in the first action, the man says, I just see people, but they look like trees walking around. And people wonder, well, why didn't Jesus just heal him fully, which he certainly could have done. But I think what Jesus is teaching is that oftentimes the understanding of who he is, the ability to see who he is, is progressive. It doesn't happen all at once. And the same is true of this man. Because Jesus again takes his hands and he puts them on the man's eyes. And then we read this wonderful thing in verse 25. His eyes were opened. His sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. But it only happened because Jesus took him away from the crowd. And I wonder sometimes, particularly in the world that we are living in, where we have all of these voices, where we have not necessarily crowds of people because we can't gather, but our minds are crowded by all the information that is coming to us. We hear negative news, we hear hard news, we read disappointing news. And I love the image of saying, sometimes you just need to get away. Sometimes you need to let the things that crowd into your mind, you need to push those away. And Jesus makes the time to pull this man away from the crowd. And maybe for us, we need to think about that as well. That maybe we need to spend a little time. Many of us have a lot of time right now. But just make some time to get away from it all. And to listen to what Jesus might say to us. So that we can see. So that we can understand. Because I suspect many of you are like me. And we're spending way too much time reading news that is not good for us to read. Because it's difficult. And we want to know what's going on. But sometimes, just like my daughter reminded me the other night, she said, Dad, put the phone down. You need to stop. 
And I think that's great wisdom for us. So I was thinking about this word, coronavirus. And it's all we hear these days, COVID-19 or coronavirus. It's a spiked ring. If you look and, and see how they're defining it, they say it's a spiked ring of proteins that looks like a crown. A spiked ring of proteins that ultimately looks like a crown. So they called it coronavirus. That word corona means crown. And if you think about, well, what is a crown? What does a crown represent? A crown represents power. The king wears a crown. The queen wears a crown. It means they have power. It means the right to rule or to reign. And as we think about our own lives, there are a lot of things that seek to rule and reign our lives. But I think of a different crown. I think of a different crown because we are in the season of Lent. We are moving closer and closer to the cross of Christ. And as we do that, I also think of the crown of thorns that Jesus wore. That he was, had this crown placed upon his head. That he suffered for us so that we might be victorious. And so as I think of the word corona, I think of coronavirus, I think of COVID-19. But I also think of the one who was crowned so that we might have life and we might have abundant life. He wore the crown of thorns so that we might be victorious. And let us not forget that. So this week, these upcoming days, I encourage you to remember that Christ has been victorious for you. That Christ is in the boat with us. He's not abandoning us. He's going to be with us. And let's also make some time to get away from the crowd so that Jesus might speak to us, so that he might help us to understand more fully who he is. Pray with me, please. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your love and your grace. And God, we seek to follow you. We don't always know the way. We don't always know what's going to happen. But we trust you are with us. As we make this journey, we give thanks that you are in the boat with us. You will not abandon us, and you will not forsake us. So God, give us faith to trust. Help us to understand what we can. Help us to see you in ways that we have not seen you before. And Lord, allow us to know that you are good. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. song that we're going to sing is a song that is probably unfamiliar to most of you. It's called Teach Us Your Ways. Uh, and this is a song that I've just been thinking a lot about over the past couple of days. And uh, I think the lyrics are really um, applicable um, to a lot of different times of life, but especially this time. And so um, as many of you probably don't know it, I would encourage you to either sing along as you learn it. It's pretty repetitive. Um, it almost reminds me of a lullaby. Um, and if you don't want to sing along, that you would just let me sing this over you, um, or that you would pray and just use this as a time of rest for you and your family.
friends, may we be taught the ways of Jesus. May we love each other as we experience Christ's transforming love. May we express that in whatever way we can and receive our Lord's blessing now as you go, as you continue to live. If you need something, let us know as a church. You can get on our website. We have a bunch of uh, ways that you can connect with us. We want to be able to help you. Um, give us a call. Uh, send us an email. Uh, we want to be there for you. So receive our Lord's blessing as we go into this world, as we continue to serve and love our Lord Jesus Christ. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all both now and forevermore. Amen.